Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Mm. But that was it. <laughs> mm. Hey, you know, I wish uh wish I had something clever to say, but uh, there's not a lot of um you know quotes you can take from uh this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's only Tim's like favorite movie of all time, and he's, he's struggling to to muster any enthusiasm here. The the opening minutes. Oh, this is a good sign. Uh, it's a horror movie podcast uh, about horror films. It's the October thon. We're doing lots of extra episodes for October, and we're working through uh, a franchise. We did the original Evil Dead last week. Uh, it's time for Evil Dead Two, Dead by Dawn, as it's sometimes referred to. I feel like most people just forget the subtitle though and just call it Evil yeah. Dead Two, but. Uh, here we are. We'll start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into said spoilers, uh, <laughs> but we will work our way through here. Evil Dead 2 is kind of a weird film to give a premise for because it's basically just the premise of the first movie uh, again. <laughs> it's kind of weird and the, the opening five minutes kind of does like a remake of the first movie because they didn't have rights to the footage of the first one, so they felt the need to like do like a remake version of it. But it does mm. actually, once it gets to a certain point, it kind of intentionally has the cliffhanger from the end of the first one and kind of takes mm. it from there uh into the rest of the movie so that is uh there's yeah the, there's a really good um video i actually rewatched uh yesterday of, of bruce campbell explaining exactly how um yeah how it works uh, he calls it a requel which uh yeah because like for a long time i, I didn't think yeah it was kind of confusing um but yeah it's uh it, it actually he explains it very clearly um uh so yeah if you if you just like look up you know uh like bruce campbell evil dead sequel remake or whatever i'm sure you'll find it easily yeah uh so yeah once again we have bruce campbell as ash uh although he's forming or transforming more into the ash that we kind of you know poke jokes at and make fun of and you know in a loving way of course uh the the character of ash that has kind of become a legacy hero as it were um, mm-hmm. but once again, we're in a cabin. Once again, we have deadites. We have over-the-top horror moments, slapstick, you know, a bit of comedy thrown in there, uh, blood, mm-hmm. weird camera angles, all the stuff that mm-hmm. we expect uh, from Evil Dead 2. So, um, I mean, I kind of spoiled it, but it's one of your favorite movies. Uh, <laughs> but, Tom, how did you feel about watching Evil Dead 2 again? Uh, no, I mean, I absolutely love it. It's, you know, something, uh, geez, I don't even know how many times I've seen it at this point. Like I watch this like so much, like growing up, like like middle school, high school, like there, there must've been like uh, a year or something where I probably, you know, watched at least one evil dead movie, like once a week. Uh, it, it seems like, cause, uh, yeah, it, I just, yeah, loved them so much. And, uh, you know, the, when you really like a movie or have a strong connection to it, like sometimes when you go to rewatch it, you're always worried. Like, all right, uh, I've seen it so many times, it's gonna lose its luster. Am I not gonna be into it? Am I gonna be bored or checked out? And uh, no, I, I mean, I watched this last night for the umpteenth time, and I still love it. You know, it still uh, gets me excited. It's, uh, it, I, I think like one of the like the reasons why I love it so much is it's just like um you know, a big combination of like everything I love where it's, um, yeah, it is like actual horror, but there's also like this kind of like comedy, uh, you know, sense to it. Like, um, you know, there's like a lot of like really funny stuff, but, um, you know, it's also like silly in parts, but it's also, yeah, like weird. And 
uh yeah it's just like super fun and just like tons of great bits so many memorable uh you know like scenes and um yeah like lines and everything it's just like so much fun it's just really something that never gets old for me and i never tire of watching it or uh making people watch it <laughs> as you know like sometimes the you know obviously like you know at this point i'd be surprised if there's someone who hasn't seen it but you know like back in the day in, in high school when you had like the vhs box set or whatever and it's like oh my god you haven't seen this like come over friday where uh we're heating up some za and <laughs> watching this movie uh so yeah i'm uh I, I was happy to watch it and uh i'll be happy to watch it again <laughs> next that was, time that was a roller coaster right i there was a point about halfway <laughs> through that speech where i thought i'm gonna make fun of tim because he just said that uh, there was lots of scenes and lines of dialogue in the movie, and I'm like, yeah, that often is the case. However, it's true though. <laughs> however, you then superseded that with the sentence, "We're going to heat up some za," <laughs> and I had to stop for a second and think about what that meant, and then I realized za meant pizza, and I thought, right, I, I hear it, I hear it with every fiber of my being, and Tim is a is a disgrace to the human race. Uh, is basically my response to that that stance. Uh Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it, I guess like you would just I don't know what like warm a dead fish over like a kettle or something when you invite your friends over. I'm disputing the use of the abbreviation za, not the food item itself. <laughs> God damn you! <laughs> yes, Evil Dead Two is is. I mean, I mean, it's it's fantastic. It's 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 one of these things where. It is weird coming into a movie like this that's got such, you know, we, we do, every so often we'll do a movie like the original Halloween, like Psycho or whatever, where it's so revered and it's, it's it's got such a legacy and everyone's already talked about it a hundred million times. It's like, am I going to have anything interesting to actually say that everyone's not heard a million times before? It, it, it's, it's difficult, right? It's difficult to come in. Because, yeah. well, you know, when we watch a movie that we've not seen before, it's a new film or it's one that we've maybe seen once a long time ago, but we've kind of forgotten it. A lot of hmm. what we talk about is the discovery of the plot, the discovery of the details, how it handles those details, how it made us feel. It's kind of weird getting into a movie like this. Time. What's that? The runtime. The, the, sure. So we might mention the runtime. I. Yeah. Did, we, did you just feel left out that I was listing things <laughs> and you wanted to throw in something? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Good. Good job, Tim. Good job. Uh, you can you can hold the tool while I do the work. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but workshed. <laughs> uh, yes, workshed. Yes. Um, so I actually That's tools are. <laughs> I, I, I had a critique actually about the workshed stuff in this, and I was watching it on stream, <gasps> and someone actually pointed out that there was a real practical reason for something. I went, "Oh, I never knew that." Very good. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so it actually answered a, a critique I had uh, about a scene. I'm like, oh, a human can't put a chainsaw in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> it was not that, no. Uh, but Evil Dead 2 is very good. But one of the things I was fascinated watching these films again this time is that I, I, I was so pleasantly surprised by how much I liked Evil Dead 1 again mm -hmm. that I came into this going, am I actually going to think this is better? Because in my memory, I was like, ah, Evil Dead 2 is, is generally considered to be the favorite amongst them. Mm -hmm. And after mm -hmm. I watched Evil Dead 1, I came into this thinking, you know, I'm, obviously I'm expecting to enjoy this. I, I don't expect this is going to go down in my, my you know, my, my rating or, or how much I enjoy it or whatever. But part of me had this feeling of like, you know, I might come out of this thinking that Evil Dead 1's better, the better movie out of the two. Mm -hmm. 
And I so get that. I went into it thinking, oh, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how I feel. Like, yeah. Am I going to once again be overtaken by the, the, the humor and the sheer <laughs> wackiness of Evil Dead 2? Mm. Or am I going to... And you know, in my older years, kind of appreciate the eeriness and the the, the more kind of like serious attempt at horror that Evil Dead One is, mm-hmm. and I got to admit, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kind of I'm at a. It may be a wash. It, instead of coming out saying I definitely prefer Evil Dead One, and therefore I'm kind of going against the grain because I'm it's a hot take. I'm a, I'm the one asshole Ooh. who likes Evil Dead One more. <laughs> I'm kind of coming out of it going. I think I like them about the same. Obviously, for very different reasons. I mean, like, to me, it just feels like they are... I I mean, I love them both, but yeah, it is kind of like an alien-alien situation where they feel like such different movies. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and like, I mean, I I do have a favorite of those two, and and I'm sure, you know, lots of people do, but it's also, like, one of those things where it's, like, it's a little weird to compare them because they feel so, like, distinctually different, you know what I mean? Like, um... I mean, and really, like, I, I don't think there's as big a gap, you know, between these movies uh, as this. Like, it's not like this is, like, a whole new genre, uh, but it just feels like there's such, like, a different kind of tone that it's going for. The things that are, like, good and interesting about it are, yeah, stuff that, like, wasn't, they weren't really trying to do in the first one. So, I I wouldn't hold it against anyone, like, if they, yeah, like, one more than the other. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I do think they are both great, but, it yeah, it is, like... They're like pretty different pieces of a pie, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think you summed it up great with the alien aliens comparison. Uh, and then somehow I zoned out a little bit. I admit I was checking my phone for something, and I just looked up and I heard there are different pieces of a pie. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Where did that go? <laughs> pie. <laughs> yeah, pie. Yeah, pie. Okay. Yeah, pie. There's pie involved. Um, no, no, I get what you're saying. The Alien Aliens comparison is a good one. Um, it obviously there's it's not a perfect comparison, but there are, I I definitely see the see the correlation there because yeah. they, they are doing different things, and it, it's, it's such a weird like even the genesis of the idea of doing Evil Dead Two and what Sam Raimi mm-hmm. did with it is just kind of like odd. Like, at what point did he say, "Oh, I'm not going to do a proper sequel. I'm going to do this weird other thing instead." Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that, that takes a completely different you know take on it. Um. Mm-hmm. Like what did what did Bruce Campbell do to him in those years that like just made him want to torture him for like ninety minutes? Yeah, you definitely get the sense that he enjoyed just throwing yeah. him around and dunking like you know liquids of various kinds all over him and all sorts. Uh, there's a lot of that going on in here. Uh, but I mean, what what makes Evil Dead Evil Dead Two work? Obviously, it's a bit cheesier. Bruce Campbell's Ash has a lot more personality in this one. It's not quite full on cheese like the the third movie. But there's mm-hmm. definitely a couple of moments where, you know, he does make a one-liner at one point, which is something he never did in the first movie. Like, there's a one-liner. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Even the, the, the remake stuff at the start when he's talking to the, our second Linda uh, of the franchise. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he does this sort of cheesy voice at one point. He's like, hey, how about you uh, give daddy some sugar or something like that, he says. Yeah, but yeah. He, he puts on, like, a goofy face, and he's, he's just joking around. But it's more mm-hmm. like, it's like, you know what? And the next one, that's not a joke that he says something like that. He just says something like that because that's who yeah. Ash is at that point. <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting to see those those like Genesis mm-hmm. moments of like this is where things are going. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I will say I don't know even know if you need the opening five minutes. It, it, that's, that was the weird thing watching it. Sure. Again, I was like, you could just 
start with the shot of the ending of the first movie with the, the camera going through the house and just start there. Totally. And the movie could just, yeah. you know, like, the only thing that maybe that opening five minutes does mm. is that it does some exposition of what the book is for people who have not seen the first one. So maybe that's the yeah. one thing you would have had to have fit in somehow elsewhere later, but... Yeah, like, it, it seems like it's, I don't, I don't know, kind of a weird choice, like, because uh, you, you already have this kind of voiceover stuff in the beginning, and I wonder, like, all right, could you have maybe just tacked something on the end of it as to... Yeah, like what happened, like, you know, uh, like Ash is the lone survivor of a, mm-hmm. a group of people. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they like just really wanted to do like the Linda stuff again. Like, you know, because they, they definitely go like, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, do like some more like proper creepy stuff than, uh, yeah, what they did in, in the first movie uh, with their character, which I, I do like what they did in the first movie, too. But um, maybe they want to go a little bit more with that. Yeah, it goes a bit wackier. Um, if anything, the remake thing at the start, the, the opening five minutes, is kind of weird how quickly he's willing to kill her and then bury her. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. There's not enough time. Because in the first movie, there's build-up and like it's clear that she's dangerous and she's not herself anymore. Yeah. In this movie, like he, it's like she just lunges at him immediately and he's like, oh, off with the head. <laughs> yeah, he automatically knows like what's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so obviously she gets out of the grave uh, before too long, but... Uh, it he's it, actually like super hypocritical in one way because in this movie there's a point where Annie later on when we get to her like wants to like you know believe because the deadite pretends to be her mother again and she's like oh it's my mother and Ash is like no no it's not it's not her anymore she's one of those things but then later on there's a whole extended sequence in this movie where Ash is a deadite and when he comes back to be normal again and she's like trying to kill him he's like no no it's me damn it it's me again I'm okay <laughs> and I'm like but why should she believe you you you, you were basically telling her the same thing about her mother yeah. like 20 minutes ago <laughs> bullshit come on now Ash come on I like that he like kind of becomes like a de facto expert on these things even though like he really doesn't know what's going on at all. Not at all. He doesn't know a damn thing. <laughs> uh, no one ever even questions, because that's the, one of the changes here at the start, is that this isn't like someone they know's cabin. He, they're basically sneaking mm. in here. They don't, they don't have any claim to actually be here. Uh, you know, mm. Linda says it multiple times, like, oh, what if the owners like show up or something? Uh, yeah. So at no point does Annie... I mean, I think they question why he's there when they first walk in, but mm. they don't really ask about it afterwards when they start to kind of have to survive together uh mm-hmm. but yeah but now you got a lot more goofier effects you've got kind of wacky like uh, not quite stop i mean some of it's stop motion but you know you've, yeah. you've got like you know skeletons running around and all sorts of wacky you know kind of fun haunted house charm mm-hmm. is kind of what the the tone of evil dead 2 is and uh you know over the top mm-hmm. buckets of blood buckets of other things yeah there's like a very manic energy to mm-hmm. it like i mean part of it I, I think like maybe like one thing that's like kind of funny to think about is like uh, i don't know is the the gradual personality change in ash is that just him kind of be driven like to insanity by these things yeah maybe i think what's so weird <laughs> why i always forget about evil dead 2 is that it actually does tease what the third movie is i mean not i mean obviously oh, yeah, the, yeah. obviously the ending does but even before the ending there's something in the book that kind of teases what mm-hmm. the third one's going to be and I was like, oh yeah, like, did Remy like have that oddly planned? Like, I mean, I guess he did. Because, but yeah. part of me, I guess, what I'm saying is like, was the ending always meant to just be kind of a wacky ending? Because, because I mean, the third one also had kind of a wacky ending originally before they changed it. So, mm-hmm. was it meant to be something that was actually going to be followed up on in a third movie, or was it just meant to be like a look how insane our ending is to the movie? Yeah, you know, kind of thing. That would be kind of like a funny thing if like they 
yeah that if like every movie ended with like this kind of like crazy twist and then like the next movie would be like having to justify it like how that <laughs> it get, like plays out then yeah uh i mean either way obviously the third movie does exist and it goes on to like yeah. do, do, do some wacky stuff with that but uh it's kind of an insane ending given the premise i mean if, if you if you watch the first movie and you hadn't seen the second one yet and someone said oh by the way the second one ends with this you would be like <laughs> wait what yeah. no that doesn't make sense like that's, that's like over the top and weird and yeah. uh all sorts of things um and like yeah i can't think of like any other horror movie that does that yeah uh because the first half of the movie like, it's because it's a good 40 minutes before the other characters who are in the movie get to the cabin so there's a mm-hmm. lot of this where it's ash on his own and it's kind of like a one-man kind of tour de force if you will yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of him reacting to things uh there's several things in the movie where he has to kind of react as if there's something attacking him where it's just a prop so he's like doing all the you know like for one example early on it's like a head biting him so obviously it's just a prop yeah. head so he's just kind of flailing around you know he's, he's doing his best kind of like star trek william shatner-esque like pretending that he's been attacked by this inanimate object uh you know lots of fun stuff with that uh yeah. so yeah uh dare i say it's probably time you go into spoilers so uh, i will take this time to thank our patreon producers for the month uh obviously we're recording this early so they may have changed a little bit by october but thank you to tyler hess cindy palisades david sharp board now al tribesman christopher moy and brett williams they are patreon producers for the month uh so they're all 20 dollars or more on patreon.com slash mailed fuzz tv and that's what gets them that credit but you can of course support us for as little as one dollar per month just one dollar mm-hmm. and that'll get you access to an extra episode every single month although during october the october thon you get four bonus episodes so there's a whole back catalog and now I, I mean by the end of this month there'll be at least 25 episodes of the show that are exclusive to mm-hmm. patreon for that one dollar tier so uh, there's a whole back catalog to go and explore uh five dollars or more gets you access to the review episodes a day early and a vote once per month and the ten dollar uh, tier now gets you access to the echoes by morning vote which is uh, helping us pick mm. uh, the new sort of vod movies that we do every month uh, and that's got a fun sort of system where you the, the movies keep coming back but the lowest voted for ones get eliminated there's a whole fun little system mm. uh it's you know we've only done one so far at the time of recording but it seemed to go down well enough and uh we'll, we'll keep using that so uh, go and have a look and you, know, you can join us at any tier what I can say one dollar means the world so if you want to go and support us you can do that over at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, but yeah so full spoilers then for Evil Dead 2 Dead by John um, yeah I guess we just tackle it in sections the, the first sort of <laughs> half which is or you know the ash on his own side of things basically mm-hmm. uh, which breaks down into a couple of sections there's obviously the remake section which we've kind of mostly talked about Mm-hmm. Um, there's him actually like after the cliffhanger of Evil Dead 1 where he is kind of a deadite for like a minute but the mm-hmm. sunlight helps him fight it off mm-hmm. your feelings on this? yeah <laughs> uh, it's fine <laughs> <laughs> I mean how do you feel about the idea that he becomes a deadite technically and is able to sort of like fight back and sort of get rid of it uh, I I think it works because I mean like obviously you know in this case we have um like you know the cliffhanger ending and then yeah I mean I guess it would be kind of weird if you know that evil presence or whatever is like getting that close to him and like you know not able to possess him and um I mean I, I mean again like we don't really know exactly how like the deadites work so I guess like yeah the 
you know, maybe uh, they're trying to kill them by dawn because the sunlight weakens them or, or something. Who knows? And then it's about wonky. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's about wonking the rules, especially since if he can fight it and come back. Now, maybe that's what makes him special. Maybe that's what makes him our, mm. our hero, who's you know going to do all these things in the in the second and third movie and whatnot. But mm-hmm. it does question like, well, should have been, should he have been killing the others then if they <laughs> if they can potentially fight their way back and get rid of it? Uh, that's groom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying these questions are raised, and that's true. Yeah, you know, I and obviously he becomes a deadite properly later on for a, a good mm-hmm. chunk of time. But uh, there's this tease early on, uh, and that one pendant that he gave Linda that yeah. that's going to bring him back yeah yeah i don't know i guess uh i don't know maybe if you have such a strong emotional attachment and to something i I don't know (laughs) i maybe that helps who who knows what the rules are it's uh if it was a lesser movie it maybe might be more bothersome or you might need to think about it more but with this it's like you know there's so much going on you kind of just go with the flow or translation stop Stop saying mean things about my favorite movie. I love this movie. It's perfect. <laughs> How dare you suggest? Saying... <laughs> How dare you suggest anything's wrong with it? <laughs> Not saying that. I'm just saying uh, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we know how Tim feels, everyone. Uh, but yeah. Uh, from here though, like it, it becomes nighttime quite quickly because the bridge is out. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't leave. And we get the. The Linda coming out of the grave is kind of the first big section, and mm-hmm. her chasing him around uh, with the head, the head biting him, uh, which mm-hmm. ultimately leads to him cutting off his hand with a chainsaw. Um, the thing mm-hmm. that I was questioning was the the chalk outline of the chainsaw to show that there was supposed to be a chainsaw there. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, is that just there to show us there's supposed to be a chainsaw? That's kind of, that's kind of a bit weird. Um, mm-hmm. But someone in chat on stream, as when I was watching it, did explain that some people do actually do this in their uh, sheds with garden tools. Uh, it's basically to show anyone who else who uses them to, so they know where to put it back is the idea. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of like a movie thing, just to like so so we <laughs> knew that's what was supposed to be there. It was the, it was the chainsaw, but uh, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I never thought about it too hard, but that's—I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it never bothered me that much. I mean, it's, 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 right. a, it's a fun, <laughs> cheesy movie. I, I wasn't really yeah. caring that much about it, but it's these one of those things that you think, yeah, it's a bit weird. Uh, yeah, but you know, he uses a chainsaw to get the Linda head off. But of course, the real thing that he uses it for later is the uh, is the hand itself, because his hand, yeah. he, a dead eight takes over his hand and only his mm. hand. <laughs> Which I mean, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of stuff in this section that I really like. I like, you know, headless Linda sort of dancing around mm-hmm. in the moonlight. Like, is a really fun visual. Yeah, and, yeah, and that stuff. Like, I like, I, I like that it's still like, kind of like horrific. Like, there's something kind of like weird and unsettling uh, about it. Like that, uh, you know, I I like that not, um, you know, like it the like throughout the movie it hasn't it doesn't go like there are places where it doesn't go like full you know cheesy whatever b movie kind of one-liner territory like there's stuff like that like oh yeah like a a corpse kind of eerily dancing <laughs> in the moonlight is like yeah you know, I, I like that there's kind of a creepiness to that yeah i do like the hand mm-hmm. stuff uh if anything mm-hmm. i could do with it going longer this idea that 
Again, once again, Bruce Campbell is having to act as if his hand is evil. So it's just <laughs> it's basically him punching himself and like trying to. And my favorite part of it though is that when he actually gets knocked out. I love the visual of the one hand dragging his whole body across the floor yeah. to get to the butcher knife. Mm-hmm. I love it. I say butcher knife, it's more of a cleaver, to be honest. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just this going. And I love the misdirect of, like, him saving himself with, like, because, you know, like, how many times in a movie do you have, like, a character, like, mm-hmm. going for something and then, a, like, a third party will, like, jump in and save the person by, like, being a surprise? Mm-hmm. I love that the surprise in this case is that the hand's going for the weapon. And the surprise is that Bruce Campbell or Ash does wake up and yeah. stabs his own hand with another, you know, thing uh, from mm-hmm. off camera. And it's like a really fun little like saving moment, but it's also really absurd because it's his own hand technically. So, yeah, yeah it's good. And, and my wife has a, a good question at, at this point, which I, I'm not totally sure, but he's stabbing himself in the hand. Does he still feel that pain or since the hand's possessed, is it not? Uh, I don't know. Does not I, feel it. <laughs> I am going to say yes. He does feel it yeah. because that makes it funnier. And the adrenaline oh, of totally. it all, and yeah. him like laughing maniacally, <laughs> and you know all the rest of it. That that, mm-hmm. that all makes it. You know, it all makes it work. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, like uh, even the visual actually before this of like Linda's head in the vase uh, is, mm-hmm. is is, is kind of you know surreal, especially because mm-hmm. the chainsaw. That's how the chainsaw is actually introduced. Is that the uh, the headless corpse? comes through the door with the chainsaw uh which again is so wacky and wonderful in the visual of like just this headless skeleton which by the way yeah. has decomposed a lot in one night <laughs> i just want to put that out there yeah uh again not a complaint i'm just uh yeah, observing there's, like, there's one scene uh i mean i forget maybe it might just be when he first cuts her head off um that like the head like rolls towards the camera and I don't know. I'm kind of curious how they did it because it's such a, like, it's such a straight roll. Like, you know, because the head, it's like, you know, a weird, you know, like shaped object. It's not like a perfectly round ball, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I feel like, you know, it would be really uh, easy for it to kind of like tip over to a side or, you know, not roll that far or something. I, I so. imagine it's a combination of Greg Nicotero who did the, the makeup effects uh and prosthetics i wonder if it's like him doing a lot of like research and testing with different prototypes to get the right thing yeah. combined with just a lot of takes to get the, the one that landed yeah. <laughs> perfectly would be my guess because uh i mean you know it's, a, it's like a you know quick little scene or whatever but i just love like you know it's rolling to the towards the camera like a bowling ball like perfectly straight you know down the middle it looks great yeah time and effort i, I guess is my answer yeah. to that uh <laughs> uh so yeah and even just like the visual there's so many good visuals in this is kind of what mm-hmm. really sticks out to me because when he cuts off he's already chainsaws his hand off because it's right after he stabbed it he grabs the chainsaw and mm-hmm. you just see the blood spattering on his face as he's like sort of like maniacally not even laughing per se he's more of a maniacal mm-hmm. screaming at himself yeah. <laughs> as he's like chainsawing his hand off but, th- th- but then it becomes this like you know like the hand from adam's family kind of round around <laughs> and he has to try and like you know blast it with a shotgun so he's like shooting holes in the the wall and all sorts i mean like what i love about this stuff is it it feels like it's taking elements from a lot of non-horror stuff where it's like oh this seems like a three stooges gag or like a looney tunes cartoon but you're adding it into this very surreal horrific like maddening world and it just like i don't gives it this flavor like kind of all its own you know what i mean like uh, yeah, car- cartoon. <laughs> yeah cartoons definitely what i would mm-hmm. say uh 
like just the way he's hunting the hand you're getting almost like a roadrunner yeah. like wily coyote yeah, totally. kind of vibe <laughs> the hand giving him the finger and like you know dancing around the holes in the wall and obviously yeah. that's just like one of the holes because it's like he's hit it because there's a little bit of blood that comes out of one of the holes and then it just starts you know spraying them with blood but then weirdly it turns to black like oil or goo and then it all reverses and like leaves the room but he's still drenched yeah. uh you know it's going super surreal there's, you know, like i can't even remember the moments specifically but there's a lot of moments throughout the section where the clock will start like chiming and the the, the camera yeah. does this effect where it's been shot at, like ultra wide and then like sort of squished in and it's all kind of distorted and then the moose head will start talking to him at one point. <laughs> yeah, like, I love, like, the whole cabin itself is, like, alive and trying to drive him crazy. Like, everything is laughing at him. And, uh, you know, like, he, like, uh, you know, if it's something like the, I don't know, like, The Shining or something where, like, you're scared, like, Jack Nicholson's slowly going crazy and, like, but, you like, you're supposed to be scared of him. <laughs> like, this, I like that he is like just being driven to lunacy but he's kind of like like jumping like right right in and like acting like crazy and yeah so many like instances of him like laughing maniacally and like just uh yeah like being really <laughs> really like driven to the brink of madness uh that i love <laughs> oh they even mentioned before the the linda corpse gets up when he races back to the house he's actually running from the you know the pov camera and he actually tricks it by like jumping in the cellar so it can't find them, which I thought was yeah, that's funny. Yeah. It was, well, it's kind of funny that you can just sort of hide from it. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, again, as a, like very like cartoon esque kind of. Oh, for sure, everything's cartoony. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, as this is going on, though, we we're introduced to Annie and I think her husband or boyfriend or. You honestly like the the rest of the cast like. Uh, and I, like i don't want to disparage them but they, i feel like you, you you really don't get like as much of a sense uh to them like at all like uh yeah like i mean obviously you know like who they like you, you kind of can tell like by the way yeah they're dressed and acting like all right yeah these maybe might be a little bit more uptight scholarly types and then the other two they meet along the way kind of like these rednecky types but you really don't get as much of a, a sense of their personality uh in this movie yeah, they're, they're kind of there because we need some more bodies for stuff they have yeah. to, basically, is, is kind of the gist of it. Um, and, and I don't want to disparage them. Again, like, I think everyone does, like, a good job. But it's just, like, yeah, it's kind of hard to, you know, <laughs> live yeah. up to all the craziness that, you know, uh, Ash is doing here. Yeah, because Annie is the, the daughter of like, the old couple who were at the cabin who read the book mm -hmm. right before Ash got there. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, her boyfriend or whoever comes with them, you have Jake and Bobby Joe along the way <laughs> who kind of take them up to the cabin from a secret trail because the bridge is out, which obviously mm -hmm. conveniently disappears uh, once they're there so they can't escape. Mm -hmm. Just to just to explain why Ash and that can't just leave. Because, uh, yeah. of course. Um, but obviously when they arrive there, they, they see like blood on the floor. They, they, they mm -hmm. see all sorts of things. So they immediately think <laughs> Ash is like a murderer and they, like, they'll, yeah. they lock him down in the cellar. And obviously Ash is like, no, no, not down there. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> evil things and all sorts. Uh, and while he's down there, the mother, Annie's mother, like, you know, rises from her grave. And <laughs> because obviously the, the tape that they listened to mentioned that the old man did bury his wife. His wife became a deadite. And like, we get that sort of like implied backstory. But 
she's like bigger she's kind of fatter and stuff and she's very grotesque mm-hmm. she, she ends up floating around at one point like and that i believe uh she's played by ted Raimi. that is correct yeah, yeah. yeah. uh uh possessed henrietta there's the character title mm. uh that ted Raimi gets here uh <laughs> perfect for the role i couldn't think of a better role for yeah. ted Raimi. <laughs> uh but they basically just you know are sort of try to discover what's going on up upstairs and then eventually they hear enough that, that she's willing to let ash out and he's like yelling for help because he's been attacked by this giant deadite uh mm-hmm. so they end up trapping her down there and the 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 sort of this part of the movie is maybe I don't want to say this like weak. It's just it's it's weaker in the sense that Ash interacting with these other characters isn't mm. as fun for the most part. Uh, the other characters, mm. like they have endings. Like some of them are kind of silly. Like Bobby, mm. Joe just runs out into the forest because mm. she gets scared at one point, and uh, mm. her you know was it Jake's to, the the dungaree did. Yeah. To uh, to be fair, she did have uh, an eyeball <laughs> go down her throat and a disembodied hand uh, clutching her. So. Yeah, I might run out into the ro- the woods in those circumstances. I don't know. I feel like running out into the <laughs> evil possessed woods, which and I mean, okay, she doesn't know what happened in the first movie, but she does get attacked yeah. by a tree. I mean, she doesn't get sexually assaulted. Tree scene. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't get sexually assaulted by the tree, but uh, the tree is there. In fact, I do like that sometimes we cut outside and we can actually see like a tree that's moving, and like the, mm-hmm. as in like the entire trunk is moving. We can see like the, the bottom of the trunk kind of like going up and down mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, full on, full on wackiness. Uh, but uh, basically, this is where the the, the you know the, the the plot actually comes into it, and I do like that it kind of hints at the idea that there is a demon behind the deadites, and yeah, this demon like what you know wants to kill them all by dawn, and mm. their only hope is to make it a because we because we see the demon's face in a couple of instances, it's just over superimposed over the, the the cabin at one point. We see it in other mm-hmm. places, like the idea being is if they can make it corporeal, if they can actually bring its like physical form to earth, then they can trap it in another dimension or. Because uh, I thought they were going to say, you know, or not this time, obviously, but the, the first time I saw it, I remember thinking, is this like Freddy Krueger where they have to bring it into the world so they can <laughs> kill it? Um, but uh, they need the pages uh, that she brought with her, the book, which end up in the cellar. So mm-hmm. basically the the big, like, you know, let's gear up and go down there to get the pages seen uh, mm-hmm. where Ashley, you know, saws off the shotgun, assembles the harness for the chainsaw, spins it around and says groovy. That's why <laughs> he does this because they, they have to go into the cellar where they know this mm-hmm. dead is, so they can get these pages. And mm-hmm. you know, it's a you know sufficiently tense sequence of them sneaking around. And when they do eventually mm-hmm. fight this thing, you know, the head kind of extends out, and we get this like monster movie kind of effect mm-hmm. of it like trying to attack Ash, and Ash yeah. is doing his best. Um, although we actually have kind of glossed over the uh, Ash becomes a deadite sort of chunk because it's when they go sure. out in the woods because uh, Jake forces them to go out into the woods to help mm-hmm. try and find Bobby Joe. Even though she was streaming the entire time, she's clearly dead. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the 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 POV camera comes for them. Mm-hmm. Ash turns into a deadite, so we actually get like a like a five ten minute section of Ash being the villain and Annie running mm-hmm. around like the final girl, trying to like survive from him. Um, mm-hmm. Which does shake things up a little bit. It's a little bit different. It's it's almost like the, the, this this presence wanted Ash the whole movie, and it finally got its clutches in him. It's finally got him. Yeah. So there is kind of like a it feels kind of prominent when that happens. I think yeah it would have been interesting to um yeah like watch this and and not know like uh because i I think by the time uh, i had watched this like army of darkness was already out and so like i knew that 
yeah, obviously there's another movie with Ash, so you know he's not gonna die. But I, I do wonder what it would have been like watching it being like, oh, I don't know, is is he yeah the ultimate bad guy now, or are they gonna kill him? Well, I don't know. Yeah, is it going to switch to Annie being the lead character? Which you know, yeah. obviously in hindsight that seems ridiculous because Annie's like she's fine, but she's not that interesting. Whereas Ash has obviously yeah. already got so much character in this movie that mm-hmm. is. But it, it does feel prominent when it happens, and it feels like, oh, this is a big deal. This could, this could be the big, you know, the game-changing ending is that Ash becomes the mm-hmm. villain, and it's her trying to, like, kill Ash. Yeah. Um, but from there, uh, you know, he, he it's basically it's the necklace, it's the pendant he gave Linda that he mm-hmm. looks at, and he kind of, like, brings him back to reality. And this is what I was saying mm-hmm. earlier, when she's, like, Annie's, like, trying to kill him still. He's like, no, it's me, it's me again, damn I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but the other dead ace have tried to trick people with pretending to be normal again too so why, why should she trust yeah. you <laughs> uh, I, I guess it's just because I mean as opposed to be fair to her like every other dead eye, as soon as you suggest that they're faking it they immediately turn back into being a dead eye and be like yeah you're right bitch I'm a dead eye yeah. I, I always forget about the scene earlier in the movie when um, like the the dead the Henrietta is like actually pretending to be the real <clears throat> version mm. and she's kind of just like in the basement singing the lullaby uh i, I always forget that because it does seem like kind of like a stock thing now because I, I feel like you know we see that all the time in like you know possession mm. movies where you know the character's like oh wait no it's me again um but no i mean yeah, i think uh i i like uh the way they do it here and even though she kind of falls for it i like that uh ash is like instantly like no that's not her <laughs> yeah but later on ash is like no it's me it's me yeah. just, just, just trust me just trust me that does seem like his kind of luck though like he uh you know would say something like that earlier oh, sure. and then have it come to bite him in, in the ass oh, yeah. I, i'm not saying it's a character by any means yeah. so that's that's not why i'm suggesting at all uh yeah. but yeah we get the big you know that the montage of him getting you know suited up <laughs> uh they go down into the basement and the you know, it's tense because, you know, the, the dead eye's not popping out right away. It's kind of, you know, yeah. it goes, and it is actually quite effective. Because I think one of the things that I would say, having watched this again now as well, mm-hmm. is that this actually does have a bit more tension than I thought it did. But mm-hmm. it, it does it in a more comical way, don't get me wrong. But um, Evil Dead 3, I, I don't even remember Evil Dead 3 having any tension. And that's not to critique it, because it, it works in what mm-hmm. it's doing. But it, this is still a bit more of a horror movie than I remembered it being. Uh, despite all the comical yeah. stuff that's there, it's a f- more of a fun spirit, obviously. But I think, yeah, like all the kind of fun, wacky stuff is what's remembered, and yeah, probably why it's looked so fondly. But I still think it is a proper horror movie, and they are still going for elements of like, you know, scares and tension and that sort of thing. And uh, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, we'll get into Army of Darkness. Like, I still like it and everything, but like, if you know, if you were to tell me, like, oh, I don't even consider that a, a horror movie, I was like, yeah, I'm not, not going to disagree with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Army of Darkness technically isn't. Obviously, we're going to still do it because it's, you know, yeah. the third movie of the, the four films, and so we're going to do all of them. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah, uh, we get this ridiculous fight scene <laughs> of Ash fighting the, the, the monster, especially once the neck's extended out and it's this mm-hmm. over the top thing. Uh, but Annie dying with you know because the hand because the hand pops back because at one point she picks up the dagger from the first movie and i actually like said out loud oh that dagger's still around because they've barely mentioned it in this one but it is there because annie yeah. picks it up so they uh, uh, she's trying to read from the book the the you know the hand that's been kind of missing for a while like shows up and stabs on the back <laughs> literally stabs on the back uh but she does actually get to finish uh reading the thing and this vortex opens up outside and it sucks <laughs> the monster and it sucks the demon 
into the into the vortex and unfortunately for ash though because annie basically is dying there on the floor she like says this and dies afterwards mm-hmm. ash gets sucked in to the vortex of course <laughs> which is the end of the movie because the tease earlier on when she's shown him the book which uh, this is what shocked me watching this again is just how obvious it is ash in the book yeah <laughs> she's like ah oh, this you know the, but you know centuries and centuries ago they spoke of this uh this hero uh, who mm-hmm. saved him from the deadites? And it's like that's the blue shirt. Like put yeah. him in a different <laughs> shirt or something. <laughs> but it's clearly Ash with the chainsaw. Uh, but the end of the movie, of course, is he lands in medieval times uh, with the car. Now you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not remember. Uh-huh. Like I'm pretty sure they kind of retcon the reaction to him in the next one, right? Because oh yeah, because here because the... here they, mm-hmm. they treat him like as a hero immediately he's like oh the hero yeah. he must be the chosen one he killed the dead eye yay yeah now in the like army of darkness opens up with basically him being captured and treated as like an enemy and like yeah, yeah being led away in chains so yeah like another ending retcon <laughs> yeah so, so there's a bit of like fuzzy molding it to fit their needs yeah you know uh stuff going on which is fine but uh i was like because i think i always remember ending with him traveling and landing in the past but i i always mm-hmm. forget the details of what actually happens when he gets there uh yeah. because i guess because it is so different to what evil dead 3 actually is yeah but uh and and i think it actually is like pretty funny like the way the juxtaposition between like yeah like he kills that dead in the past and like everyone starts cheering his name and acting like he's a hero but he like is like so like not into it he's like just so fr- still frustrated and angry oh, yeah, he's he, like no no yeah, yeah he's basically going no no <laughs> he's, he's basically crying in pain as the camera pulls back yeah. which is funny because like evil... everyone else is like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's even just funny again from a continuity perspective because in evil dead 3 the second that he realizes they love him he's like oh yeah it's treat me like a king yes he'll to yeah. the king baby like yeah, yeah feed no, me he's totally and, into yeah. it <laughs> so yeah it's just so weird like some of these differences obviously some ideas that change between the making of of two and three yeah. but uh certainly it feels like it was at least like I say, I'm not sure if they actually planned a third movie. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. they've said this in interviews and stuff, so this might be something that's out there to know. But, like, mm-hmm. was this planned as actually a, a setup for a movie, or was it just meant to be, like, a wacky ending? K- kind of how the end of Back to the Future 1 wasn't mm-hmm. actually the setup for a sequel. They just did that as a fun ending. And then said, yeah. oh, okay, we're doing a sequel. We have to continue it from there. So how, do, how does that mm-hmm. lead into what we're doing now? Uh, so, yeah. oh, that's interesting stuff, though, great. Uh, for sure. Yeah, great, yeah great, great question. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm sure I probably heard a commentary or something that mentioned it at some point but yeah i can't remember yeah um yeah evil dead 2 is like it's hard to really say much bad about even though i've poked fun at a couple of like weird <laughs> choices that it's, it's hard to poke fun at because it it's, it's it's so it's more interesting in being this this entertaining like cartoon the entire time and, it, and mm-hmm. it's something that when sam raimi's tried to do this in other movies since i've kind of hated it there's something that just feels off mm-hmm. about it but there's just a perfect like lightning in a bottle concoction here, and I think part of it is Bruce Campbell. I, th- I think a lot oh, of the yeah. stuff that he doesn't drag me to hell. Like those characters mm-hmm. are so played for straight that none of it works for me at all. It just it feels like stupid. And here mm-hmm. though, having Bruce Campbell react to it and having him maniacally laugh at it and like his over the top acting, mm-hmm. and then, and then on top of that, the camera work as well. You know, all, all the Dutch angles, the weird distortions, yeah. the the hallucinatory moments of like moose talking and you know <laughs> all these things yeah i yeah i mean 
you know, I, I, I hate to get like all fanboy and everything, but like they're like, I, I really can't imagine any other person like playing this role. I mean, and that's yeah. why, like, you know, I think one of the best moves, um, you know, with the the remake was not. Yeah. Trying to have another Ash because, yeah, yeah, I don't think you could like really yeah. recapture that which is know? why i never called that a remake could say reboot also i said mr sure, sure, sure. i'm pretty sure it was more of a deer but it doesn't really matter yeah yeah uh, but it's a dead animal on yeah <laughs> yeah that's the different stats um but uh yeah i'm having a hero cabin in the woods to have that joke where the the stoner doesn't know like he thinks it's a wolf but it's oh, like yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or as a wolf, but it's like he says bear. So I can't remember what the, the, what the animals were, but he, he says yeah. like clearly the wrong animal. And it's like, wait, have you never seen a wolf? <laughs> what do you know what a wolf looks like? Um, but yeah, that's, that's actually the funny thing about this is that those points because of Cabra in the Woods, where I'm almost expecting it to switch to the, the control room at any given point. <laughs> and see, yeah. see the two guys like sitting watching, like making decisions. Um, but no, it. it this movie is obviously the slapstick, and I think Bruce Campbell is a big part of it. I think Bruce yeah. Campbell's reactions and delivery, and I think it's almost kind of proven by the fact that when the other characters show up, they feel... Again, if, if I have a critique, if I have a genuine critique of the movie, is that the other characters, when they show up, are just so plain in comparison, mm-hmm. and I don't really get any enjoyment out of them being played, because it's not like... Cause sometimes like, the contrast would maybe be beneficial, right? If you're trying to make a point yeah. about how different the main character is. I think they're fine, they're serviceable, and obviously, but they're mainly just there for Ash to like get to his next story beats and like serve the plot. Whereas, yeah. you know, I I don't think that any of them are actually that exciting or interesting on their own, and mm-hmm. it is all about Ash. So, and it's I, I mean, and and to be fair, it's hard to care about someone that's introduced like halfway through a movie. Oh sure, you know? like like I do wonder. Like I still don't think they would have been like you know great standout characters if like you know they were in the cabin from the beginning or whatever but i don't know maybe if they might seem a little more interesting or memorable uh if that was the case but yeah it does really feel like this is ash's show and they like yeah drop in for like you know a a guest spot like halfway through yeah yeah so i you know it's because i'm not gonna give it a perfect score i've got a feeling that tim's about to give this the the perfect (laughs) the perfect number but I'm not going to do that, and I think my reasons for is, you know, I think it's extremely good at what it does, and I think it's a great movie. You know, a couple of nitpicks there about other characters or or, or whatever. Um, I think it knows that it shouldn't be long. You know, it's like 85 minutes, and it shouldn't be a minute longer. It's it's perfectly length, um, yeah. for what it is. Um, and every time I watch it, I come in almost being a little bit cynical, thinking I won't like it as much this time because, mm-hmm. oh, maybe the humor of it. And the cartoony elements won't work for me the same way, but every mm-hmm. time it kind of wins me over again and again. And mm-hmm. uh, so, credit where credit is due. Uh, but I think we're at the point where we're going to rate the movie. So, Tim, yeah, what are you rating Evil Dead to? Uh, I mean, again, it's like <laughs> probably my favorite movie of all time. So I really can't go less than a, a ten out of ten. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with like you know some of the nitpicks and, and everything. Um, so. Uh, you know, in terms of like, maybe is this like the best movie ever made? Is it absolutely perfect? Maybe not, but in terms of like, like something that to me is like, uh, has a personal attachment to that I think is like a favorite of mine. Like, I can't deny that. So, mm-hmm. definitely a, a 10 out of 10 for me. 
Yeah, the actual best movie ever made, of course, is Shopping Mall, and uh, no one will dispute that, of course. Oh, sure. Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go with an 8.5. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a great movie, and uh, like it's one of those ones where I probably do rate it a bit lower than like hard, a lot, a lot of, I think a lot of hardcore horror fans do rate Evil Dead mm-hmm. with a 10 or, or something close to it. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's really, really great. Uh, it's always a, a, a charming time watching it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to like, Evil Dead 1 versus Evil Dead 2, I, I do think it's partly a mood thing, but also a taste thing. Like, I think if you want the eerie horror mm-hmm. movie more, you're going to like Evil Dead 1 more. Uh, sure. If you want the cartoony thing that Evil Dead 2 does more, you're going to like that more. Um, mm-hmm. As someone who enjoys both, uh, and enjoys many examples of both, uh, I'd say. Mm-hmm. That said, I mean, when it comes to cartoony horror, a lot of the cartoony horror that we do enjoy doesn't tend to intentionally be that, but right. that's, you know, that's, another, that's another debate for another time in terms of, you mm-hmm. know, uh, what makes it work. If anything, I'd say that more often than not, when it's intentional, it tends to fall flat. So maybe that's, a, a, you know, a testament. Uh, maybe, maybe, do you know what Evil yeah. Dead 2 is, actually? Compare it to something else. Evil What's Dead that? 2 is to intentional comedy or comical horror what airplane and naked gun are to spoofs in that most of the time later mm. most movies can't succeed when they intentionally try mm. and do it but it's the kind of the example that says no it can be done lightning can strike in the ball yeah um I, maybe that's maybe yeah, that's a forced comparison that. but uh, <laughs> no I, I i definitely see that yeah yeah because i don't even think sam raimi's been able to recapture it uh, post evil dead but i know you disagree with that but that's just... <clears throat> yeah no i mean i i definitely think that these are his like you know uh crowning achievements but i mean i do like a quite a bit of his oeuvre you can't just make someone's like filmography sound better because you call it oeuvre Tim. <laughs> it doesn't just instantly give it some prestige <laughs> well i just did so <laughs> all right fine uh hoity toity tim over here hey everyone knows i'm the pretentious one <laughs> I, i'm tim i'm the brains of the operation over yeah. here me and my goats me and my goats and my, my president werewolves uh yeah, mm-hmm. check out president werewolf then contact him today for your own copy of issue one of the comic yeah. book yeah you can have a, a copy of this whoa this right here one of three the ambition mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the ambition three issue miniseries. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? I sh- you, you think I should work on my like sixty issue magnum opus? Tim, if it doesn't fill at least one omnibus, then what's the point? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if if I can't murder a man with your finished comic book series, <laughs> then it's not big enough. <clears throat> uh, good, fair point. I'll uh, start adding some filler. <laughs> Yeah, just do a, just do issue one, and then have ten issues of filler, then have mm-hmm. another issue of proper story, then another ten issues of filler, yeah. uh, and then eventually I mean, you get to the end. Yeah, it's pretty easy for a uh, yeah independent creator who uh, is doing everything himself and doesn't have a a ton of money to you know squeak out uh, forty fifty or so Why? issue series. I'm clearly being silly, Tim. You don't have to bring real-world <laughs> factors into this debate. I'm just saying. Just saying. <laughs> that's, I, that's what you say I mean, to me. Why don't you just go and make a $200 million movie? Well, Tim, it just so happens <laughs> that I don't have $200 million. Uh, I mean, 
maybe it's because I'm doing more of uh like the short comic stuff mm-hmm. and uh but like I I actually am finding myself more and more having an appre- an appreciation for like one shots or like you know uh one and done stories sure, uh yeah. like you know um not that like I mean obviously I like my big long arcs and everything but you know, don't always need big 24 issue massive series or uh, i agree some sometimes sometimes the, the story is self-contained with a beginning and, middle and end is all you need uh yeah and i especially think that's a big uh uh problem with that i feel like a lot of uh like indie horror titles is yeah you know, i feel like there's a lot of good like one and done stories but then you know if they're like somewhat successful or something like all right well we gotta do like a sequel or, or something and mm-hmm. um yeah, sometimes it's kind of hard with like uh, it's like oh well you just kind of that kind of one good premise you don't really need to build on it but hmm. hey, I could talk about this stuff for hours. <laughs> I mean, movies have that problem too, so it's hardly unique to oh totally yeah comics. Uh, and I, I mean, I think that's like yeah, like something we've talked about before, like when we do like you know like franchises and stuff. Like there's you know certain ones that feel like yes, like I see why you know there's twelve <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth movies, uh, but then uh it's like why did you have to make more saw (laughs) (laughs) because enough people saw it tim oh okay (laughs) they they thought the the title was a command yes uh so yeah anyway so if you made it this far in the review i know we're a bit (laughs) off topic there after the ratings for like a minute but uh if you made it this far in the review obviously the word in the comments that i want you to put is groovy what else Mm -hmm. would it be uh you know this this has this has uh catchphrase of course ash um yeah uh, i'm going to ask timmy to post for the thumbnail so if you lean back so your head's not cut mm-hmm. off i'm going to say three two one pause <laughs> what is happening <laughs> <laughs> why are you doing like a kung fu stads <laughs> <laughs> why are you still posing i don't understand <laughs> this is madness uh are you trying is this maybe you holding a book i, I don't i don't know <laughs> how, how, how do you read like at the... <laughs> i didn't think about it beforehand <laughs> i thought something would come to me <laughs> Clearly, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Uh, that has been the episode. That has been our discussion on Evil Dead 2. Hopefully, there was some enjoyment in there. I, I don't I know if there was, but <laughs> hopefully there was. Uh, you can let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below. As we said earlier, you can get us on patreon.com slash TV if you want to support us. But you can also support us by liking and subscribing. All these things do help a lot. Uh, they're free and easy and... Uh, more people will find us on YouTube if you do so. You can rate us on your podcast app of choice as well. Five stars and a review uh, also helps us in the same way. So please do go in and support us in all these variety of ways if you do enjoy the show and want to keep the content coming. Um, otherwise, get us on Twitter at Streams Midnight. Uh, that's at Streams Midnight uh, for updates and crazy things from Tim and whatever else we say on there. Uh, so go have a look at that stuff. Um, but otherwise, that is us. So, yeah. Thank you very much for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying the October thaw, and we'll see you next time. Keep watching scary movies, guys. Goodbye.